Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Hi, and welcome back. So it's just you and me today because I wanted to touch base with you and kind of reconnect. And also, it is soon will be, well, soon will be, by the time this comes out, will be my 50th birthday. And I honestly (laughs) can't believe that I'm turning 50. I still feel like I'm 28 or so. At the same time, I'm like, wow, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm 50. It's just, it's this really strange place to be. And I know in Okinawa, Japan, when somebody turns 50, they have a parade for that person and, and parade them down the streets because they finally have come of age. <laughs> and I, I like that <laughs> because I feel that way, that I'm finally here. I, not that I'm f- done figuring myself out or figuring the world out, but I feel like I have all of the tools that I can, that I would need, you know, and I'm still going to learn, still going to learn new things. But, you know, I, I have a, a confidence now. But that doesn't mean that, like I said, like everything's figured out. I still have my bad days. And this past weekend, or the past two weekends, it seems that I, I've, I still put a lot of pressure on myself for trying to get things done. I, I've been really looking at that. Like, what, where is that coming from? You know, for instance, okay, so we have a, an in-ground pool in our backyard and the backyard itself needs a lot of TLC. And so I've been thinking about, not thinking about, do we, do we not put in a she shed in our backyard? And the way the yard is, there would be room, but it would, we would have to do a lot of reconfiguring. And it's like, okay, do I want to do all of that? So I haven't really done much in the backyard the past two or three years that I've been here. So this year I kind of wanted, let's just get it done. Let's, um, I'm not getting the she shed. I'm going to redo one of the rooms in the house to make it into my, my quiet space, my meditation space. So let's get it done. And I want to get it done. I want to get it done now, you know, and my daughter's birthday is coming up in the beginning of June. So we're going to have a pool party and let's get it done before then. So I went out and bought plants to plant around the pool and 
we have to remove a lot of stone that's there. So, okay, how to do, how do I do that? And I need to plant the plants and I need to, you know, and then it gets really hot and then it's too hot to plant the plants because, you know, we're melting in the backyard and the pool's not ready yet. So we can't go swimming. So this was yesterday as, as I'm recording this and, you know, I got just really stressed. It was like, you know, I had to like stop and, and, think about like, where is all this angst coming from? You know, this, this rush, this need to get things done. And yeah, like, you know, my, my concern is that the plants that I wanted to plant, you know, I had them for a week or two and I didn't want them to die, you know? So I'm, you know, watering them as, as they are in their pots, but you can only, they're drying out. So there's that kind of expediency in in like getting this done but then there's also this yeah well I was looking at it like is it that I want perfection you know and so this question came to me this morning as I'm trying to put this this podcast together what is the relationship between peace and perfection to try to have everything perfect is not very peaceful another example is I recently did a meditation and put it up on YouTube and I listen to it every morning. It's there for you. I'm going to put it a link in the in the show notes. But it's it's a morning meditation and it kind of came out of this past year of doing these morning meditations every day live on Facebook. And I wanted to continue that but I didn't want to do them because it was a lot to get up every morning, honestly, and do these meditations from 8 to 8.30 because, you know, I have meetings in the morning now and uh, my daughter's, you know, she has to get ready for school and all that. So it was just a lot. This meditation came out of, okay, sitting with that, like, what do I do? How do I proceed? So I listen to this meditation every morning and I know it's not perfect. I know I listened to it. I'm like, oh, I should have used that word there. And I shouldn't have said that there. And why did I say that? And so, you know, part of me was like, well, I'll just redo it. And the other part is of me was like, well, maybe those quote unquote imperfections will be there as a a teaching as a learning for yourself to accept an imperfection, to be confident enough to accept your imperfections. And so, you know, because I figured, well, I could try to redo this meditation, but it, I could have another mistake, quote unquote mistake, or, you know, I could just see myself redoing and redoing and redoing and redoing this guided meditation for inner peace. <laughs> And I was like, well, where, where's the correlation? You know, how is it a scale? Is it a, a sliding scale between perfection and peace? And, you know, I think that we as a society have to refigure what it means to be perfect. You know, can we be, can we look at an imperfection and say that that's perfect? There's a philosophy kind of a, a way of being in Japan called wabi-sabi. 
And I just read the book um, this past year. And so I'm reading from it right now. It's a book by Beth Kempton. And it's Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but it all kind of comes together. So I'm just going to read what wabi-sabi means. So it's two words, wabi and then sabi. All right. So wabi is a mindset that appreciates humility, simplicity, and frugality as roots to tranquility and contentment. The spirit of Wabi is deeply connected to the idea of accepting that our true needs are simple and of being humble and grateful for the beauty that already exists right where we are. So it's just that that accepting of being right where you're at, your expectations, you know, when we have these grand expectations, or even, you know, there's there's this this push and this, you know, I need to get, I have such high expectations. Why? Why have such grand expectations that you're sitting in this state of tension all of the time? You know, I'm not saying that you don't go out and, you know, have goals and you don't have desires and things like that. It's how you approach that you know, this need to have everything done right now. The one quote was from a Buddhist priest, Kenko, wrote seven centuries ago. He said, should we look at the spring blossoms only in full flower, or the moon only when cloudless and clear? Beauty is not only evident in the joyous, the loud, or the obvious. So it could be and that kind of goes into the whole concept of sabi, wabi sabi is the that sabi is is indicative of time. It's a condition created by time, not of the human hand, although it often emerges on quality objects that were originally crafted with care. So it has come to communicate a deep and tranquil beauty that emerges with the passage of time. So you put the two together, this wabi sabi right? So tranquility, acceptance of what is, and beauty through the passage of time. So think of of fall leaves, or think of a flower that is past its prime, you know, and it's kind of shriveling up and maybe discoloring. And there's still, can you find beauty in that? The author goes on to say, it is a wabi heart that recognizes Sabi beauty. And the two have gone hand in hand for many generations. Wabi Sabi simultaneously lives on the edge of people's consciousness and deep in their hearts. And I love that because it's like, this is, it's so deeply ingrained that what she's saying, what she found is that a lot of people couldn't define it because it was so deeply ingrained in their everyday that they couldn't put words to it. And so where's this peace and or perfection? Where How can you live with things as they are? Finding the peace in that. Maybe 30,000 foot view, you know, you just, you know that there's a grander plan, whatever it is that helps you kind of be perfect in the imperfection of where you are, your life, your your home, your the world itself. 
So that's kind of what I've been struggling with this past weekend, the past couple of weeks. And, and it kind of, you know, I sat with it last night and, and slept on it and, and woke up with this on my heart of, you know, how, how can we come back to that within ourselves? Because it's so easy to get pulled out of your center. You know, I'm I'm looking at birthday parties and the pool guy that's not really responsible and, and this and that, you know, and so many different things going on that, you know, I I felt myself so stressed and not where I wanted to be. So what are some of those touchstones that you can use to help you when you get pulled out of your center, where you can kind of come back into that center self, that perfectly imperfect person that you already are, you know, this child of God, this, this person with divine connection, that when you get pulled out of that, you can come back to it. So for me, you know, honestly, putting all this together in a course so I'm going to put that link in the show notes too. But this, these are these tools that I use all the time. And Wabi Sabi is one of them. When I get pulled out of my center, my God self, my ego, my I stand in my ego, and that's a choice. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But what are some of these touchstones, you know, whether it's your daily routine and whether it's, you know, the mirror exercise. I've talked about that before. You know, when you stand and look at yourself in the mirror every day and you tell yourself, you know, just you be your own cheerleader and champion. And I love this when you did this and, and you're looking at your own eyes and you're telling yourself these beautiful things that you've done. And then you end it with, I love you. You call your name, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say your name and you say, I love you. To me, that's, that's just the quickest way for me to come back to that. And even if it's just like, hey, Joel, you got through this day. This, you know, you're not saying this to anyone else. It's not like you're nobody nobody's recording it. You're you're not putting it up on Facebook. It's not a Facebook live. It's not any anything like that. It's just you and yourself. And you're honest with yourself. So there's this sense of of vulnerability that you can show to yourself that you don't have to show to everybody. You don't have to show to anybody. But it helps you get real with yourself. That, you know, doing something on a daily basis, like that meditation that I put together. And, you know, it's it's designed to be listened to every day so that you can ingrain this inner peace. Whether it's you go into the physical peace and then the mental peace, the emotional peace, the spiritual peace. And then it expands out into the whole world, enveloping the world in this loving compassion. And so this, that meditation is a very helpful thing for me to do 
on a daily basis and reconnect. And it's funny because past couple Sundays, I haven't done that meditation and it's been kind of knocking me off. I was like, well, you know, is this meditation the thing that has been helping me get back into? And it's it's definitely this morning routine that I've come up with over the past year of this pandemic that has really helped me get into and sustain this inner peace. And so, you know, and helps me when I get out of it too, because another thing that a student of the Course in Miracles and I'm reading the workbook right now, it talks of whether you stand in eternity or you stand in time. And I'm still kind of processing it. I'm still like, I think I'm on chapter 11 of, of 30 chapters. So I'm not even halfway through yet. But when you stand in eternity, you stand in your God self, you stand in what I call your knower and all the, the worldly gunk just washes off of you. And then when you stand in time, Time is where all of the anxiety, all of the comparisons and the shoulds and the coulds and the woulds are there. And that's where I was yesterday. That's where I was the week before. It's just standing in that time, standing in my ego where I push and push and push and push and push until you know, I'm floundering against the wall. And so it's catching yourself before you get to that place, you know, and I realized when I was out of the shower yesterday, I'm like, wow, I was really in time today. I was really pushing where things didn't need to be pushed. And, you know, yesterday it was like 90 some degrees out. It's May 22nd yesterday. We never have, we rarely have 90 degree days in May here. And so I'm trying to, I waited until in the afternoon to go out because I figure, well, let me at least wait till the shade comes in the backyard. And it was just, it was comical now because I'm pl- trying to plant these plants and in the last sunny spot of the backyard, it was like this one corner of the pool area was the only one that had the sun in it. I'm trying to plant this lavender plant. And what am I giving this plant right now? You know, I'm feeding it all of this anxiety and angst and heat. And I was like literally melting. And fast forward to today, it's Monday morning and it is 60 degrees out. And, you know, my husband's like, I'll help you today. <laughs> he wasn't going to help me yesterday because it's so hot. You know, he was doing other things and I'm trying, you know, anyway, anyway. But so you get the idea. It's like, you know, how can you stand in your, in eternity more often than you stand in time? And if you do stand in time, can you work to stand in eternity? So you can use time to, help bring eternity closer. I don't know. It's still, like I said, I'm still learning. So I just wanted to bring you that, just this question of peace 
or perfection. I really don't think as far as societal perfection, you know, whether you have every T crossed, every I dotted, every this, every that to put yourself out there and, you know, to, to move forward or to just sit and be comfortable resting and being in solitude or quiet or internally quiet. I always say to myself, I can physically sit down, but can I mentally sit down? Can I mentally rest? That's where, to me, is when I know I'm in peace, is when I can mentally rest. And being a massage therapist for 20-some years, I can tell when people aren't mentally resting. They can be laying down flat and laying on a massage table with dim lights and and soft music and a heated table and but you know their their brains are still going and how many times have you like laid in bed and the thoughts going and going and going and going and you can somebody can observe you looking and say oh that person's asleep but you're really awake and thinking so much. So it's when you can mentally sit down and find that peace inside and that you can be perfectly imperfect and be okay with your own imperfections, that it's perfect. (laughs) You know, there is this dance. I really see it as a dance of like, yes, I'm imperfect, but that's, that's perfectly perfect you know, so anyway, I will stop. And I thank you for listening and for being a part of this group and this community. And there's a lot going on. If you want to look at that embodying peace course that's coming out, it's going to be really, it's, it's chocked full of tools and techniques and teachings from multiple resources, you know, from Jack Canfield and and nonviolent communications and a couple other things that I have learned and, you know, mindfulness and all that fun stuff. And then there's also a live coaching component to it. That is where I'll be teaching all of the heart math techniques that will be live, non-recorded. And you come in and you learn so much and you gain so much how to kind of come back. So, you know, you're not spending days in these funks. You're spending, you know, if you get into them, you're spending a day or half a day or whatever it is. And you can kind of come back and be your beautiful God self. And so there's, you know, that meditations on there. It'll be in the the show notes. And so I really I really would love for you to be involved in that end of this mission of this this peace and love amplifiers is to really how to internally embody peace and then spreading that peace out. So look for webinars, look, there's all kinds of stuff going on and I love you. Thank you for being here and I'm honored to be here. So have a good one. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. 
And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time.